three, two, one. Hello everyone, welcome to the Aero Grand Prix podcast. This is episode one and welcome to the, this podcast. It's a brand new podcast all about motorsport and especially Formula One. Now today we're going to be making our F1 2021 predictions. These predictions were made right before the Bahrain Grand Prix and at the time making these predictions uh um, Yuki Tsunoda hadn't been confirmed and neither had Sergio Perez been confirmed for Red Bull and AlphaTauri respectively and I'm pleased to say I've been joined by Darshal. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. In today's video we're going to be, well in today's podcast we're going to be discussing our constructors and drivers um, predictions for the 2021 season and as Dylan stated this was made prior to the final race of the season but we accounted for that. As you said, we did make, obviously changes have been made, but the minor changes. We'll definitely make an official prediction after pre-season testing, which we have, it hasn't been confirmed, will happen in Spain, but it's more likely to happen uh, te- two weeks before Bahrain, the Bahrain Grand Prix now, um, due to the um, global pandemic happening everywhere. Um, so let's start off with our predictions. Um, th- th- today we're going to do constructors, we're going to make some changes to the drivers because they're not realistic at the moment. So we're going to start it from position from P10. So Darshal, do you want to start it off? So in number 10, I have gone with Williams. Now, the reason why I've gone with Williams still in 10th is because of the current regulations being frozen to a large extent um, going into the 2021 season. Um, this is mainly due to the Pirelli tyres, which were conceptually the same ones brought over from 2019 to 2020 and now into 2021 and to cope with the extra aero loads they've had to reduce a significant amount of downforce on the cars by removing pieces of the diffuser and the floor so it's going to be interesting to see how the teams cope with that and because of the obviously the covid19 pandemic and its large impacts um a cost cap and all these factors and also because of the 2022 shake-up in the regulations, which, in my opinion, will be probably the biggest in record in terms of from one Concord agreement to the next. So for that reason, I feel like Williams will be focusing all its pace. Realistically, they're not going to be going that far up the order, so they may as well concentrate their resources on P10. So I've gone for, for my position 10 in the 2021 constructor standard, I've gone for the uh, Haas Ferrari. Now, uh, the reason why I've gone for Haas F1 team as position 10 constructors, it's nothing to do with regulations, but the driver lineup. So Haas, one of the few teams which is, is well, one of the few teams which has gone for an all new lineup in the Formula 2 um, champion, Mick Schumacher, son of Michael, um, who's seven time world champion, and a Russian idiot, Nikita Mazepin. Now that might be controversial in some people's eyes, but after what we've seen, there's not much to say. But um, overall, I think Haas, their car was um, also, they struggled with the ride hype throughout 2020 and they would have the pace, then all of a sudden lose that pace. Um, as um, both their drivers, both their previous drivers and Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen have stated, I believe Haas will score one point. Mick Schumacher will score a point. Nikita Mazepin will not score any point. He will be quite inconsistent in my eyes, as he has, as as it's been shown in Formula T, and he'll probably be breaking rules and getting penalties. Um, so yeah, that's my reasons. 
I feel like we need to touch on the Haas um, rear suspension because um, they do get it from Ferrari. And the reason why is the overheating of the suspension of the rear suspension component, which means that going into different temperature changes, different conditions, um, the car's setup like varies heavily. So if for, if they do a um, an optimized setup for example in free practice two which reflects generally what it will be on sunday the balance the aero balance and the actual setup will differ very largely into qualifying and then going into the race so i think personally um Haas will not get on top of those issues until the 2022 regulations and that's why in p9 i have gone with Haas. another reason why i've gone with Haas is even though they have a strong driver in Mick Schumacher, a future talent, I feel like the car will, will let them down. In 2018, they didn't have a great car. Well, in 2018, they did have a great car. In 2019, sorry, they had a bad car. Yeah, 2018, in, they scored in 50, Yeah, was 2018 was their best season. So, in 2020, their car wasn't great either. And I do not feel like they're going to make a large step forward, especially with the Ferrari engine, which is rumoured to have an extra 30 horsepower. However, the Mercedes is also rumoured to have an extra 25 horsepower. And the gap was around maybe 40 horsepower to Mercedes last season. So I don't think it's going to recuperate on those uh, gains. So that is why I'm putting Haas in number nine. Now Dylan will do his prediction for number nine. Well, I just want to improve on your point. Also, that Haas did not bring... I think Haas was the only team who didn't bring many upgrades throughout 2020 um, due to the global pandemic. And obviously... And also the financial reasons and stuff, because they get their chassis from Delara. Yeah, from a Delara. Um, So, my position nine will be Williams. And I've gone due to the fact that drivers are consistent. Now, you you might have your opinions on Nicholas Latifi, but... If George Russell had not gone to Mercedes for the Sakir Grand Prix, Nicholas Latifi would have been ahead of George Russell due to the fact he was he was more consistent than George on a regular basis. Um, maybe not in qualifying, but his race pace was consistent. Um, he was he would he's finished more races than George. George will definitely. I think George obviously has demonstrated he has a qualifying pace, but his race pace isn't there. But I think Williams now with their extra investment have the ability to do have the ability to do that and obviously due to that I think Haas will not be consistent due to their driver lineup I think Williams which do have a more consistent driver lineup will finish P9 just because they're consistent and I think Nicholas Latifi will score points before George, George Russell does in the Williams so that's why I've gone for P9 now moving on to P8 I have Alfa Romeo now I believe Alfa Romeo will still have the edge over Haas and Williams as they have more scope for development compared to Haas which rarely develops their cars and even said that they won't be continue developing their car after I believe it was March so saying that I feel like Alfa Romeo needs to capitalize on the new regulations now you've got to remember Sauber weren't great in the beginning of the tooth of the tens should we say apart from the the sergio perez 2012 but then going into for example 2017 and 2016 that kind of era with the pay drivers they weren't doing 2014, no points 
exactly. So I'm putting Alfa Romeo above Hassan Williams as they have more scope for development. And I believe that going forward in the future with that Ferrari partnership, I feel like they can capitalize on that and they could even get the 2022 era regulations right. However, saying that, I do not think that they will be a part of the midfield or Formula 1.5, as you may, because I feel like the Alfa Tauri, the Alpine, the Ferrari, the Aston Martin and the McLaren are quite close. Well, last season especially, they're very, very close. But I feel like they just can't bridge that gap in this short space of time. This is kind of like a filler kind of year. Yeah, the racing for um, as PA, uh, due to the fact they have a brilliant driver lineup in Antonio Giovinazzi, who, um, if I'm correct, overtook someone on the first lap in every single race in 2020, if I'm correct. And Was also the experience. Still in Abu Dhabi? I think he did. That's interesting. He is a great yeah. driver, but he can't, I, don't, I feel like he can't find that consistency over the course of the actual race. So at the beginning, is very quick. But to be fair, how much of that is the actual car? Because even Kimi Raikkonen is struggling in that car. Yeah. Um, and that, as I was saying, and also with Kimi Raikkonen being still part of the team, Kimi is essential with that team. Um, he obviously started his F1 career there when there were Red Bull, Sauber, P- Patronus. Um, how these um, how three how these three have now separate but um yeah he's there he's here he's also a brilliant teammate to Antonio Giovinazzi and both drivers are really essential in helping Alfa Romeo um to do well in the sport and they were ahead um they were well ahead of Haas and Williams uh, maybe not in qualifying but in the race 100% and they did get don't remember they did get a double points finish in uh, Imola if I'm and I remember that, um, and you've got to remember, I, they did get into Q3 this year, they were in Q2 in a regular basis, I would say. And there was points where they were, um, for example, Spa, where they were quicker than Ferrari, but Alfa Romeo are much stronger than um, Haas and Williams. I, in a, a lot of ways, they have um, Salva, Alfa Romeo, they have the facility, they have the wind tunnel. Which obviously at the moment will not be yes the Hinville winter and one of the best in the world but remember and when they were owned by bmw how successful they were 2006 um, it took a while but they... exactly but and then 2007 second in constructors well because of mclaren but 2008 won a grand prix won two in the canadian grand prix on the podium consistently what ruined them was bmw focused in 2009 but 2008 they were p3 and constructors obviously but that was obviously due to the incredible financial backing. That also led to the downfall, and when they were obviously reborn, by say by Peter Salva. But overall, they are a strong team. They've always come back. You've got to remember, 2014 didn't score points. 2015 Australian Grand Prix, first race finished P5 with Felipe Nasser, got 10 points. That was that's how a team can change within a year. So now. In number seven, it's the outfit from Faenza in Italy. I've gone with Alfa Tauri. Now, my reasons for going with Alfa Tauri is I believe that their car is pretty strong, but they've made an interesting decision not to take on the 2020 Red Bull suspension, which I think could provide a huge benefit to them, which they have not taken. And also the fact with also the fact that 
they have Sonoda, which isn't proven in the team yet. I feel like he will be fast, but he doesn't have the experience. He's only obviously the rookie, so he needs time to develop and all that stuff. And for that factor, I don't believe that they'll be able to. Um, I still think they're going to be a part of the midfield, but I don't think they'll be able to challenge the other teams in the midfield yeah. because other teams have really strong, solid lineup. You have got a point there. Obviously, Yuki Tsunoda coming in to replace Daniel Kvyat. Kvyat would have definitely drove had Yuki Tsunoda not finished P3 in the FIA Formula 2 Championship last year. I mean, there's no doubt that Yuki Tsunoda is a quick driver and Gasly has proven he's a race winner in Monza. He is, they are quick drivers, but obviously the consistency and the fact that an F1 is a team sport. So Gasly can't just carry the results at the beginning of the season. And don't forget, the midfield is so close that even one point can decide between millions of pounds. So that's why I feel like AlphaTauri is in seventh. So for my seventh, I've not gone for AlphaTauri, but I've gone for the rechristened Alpine team. Now, when I did make the prediction, I made it on political reasons because of Cyril and Fernando. But obviously, in the recent um, days, Cyril has left the team with immediate effect. But and speaking about that, that's quite interesting because Cyril Abitbo has left the whole company, He's not Renault or Alpine. He's no longer a part of the group. He has officially left. People thought that he would have stayed in the organization in some sort of capacity, but he's actually officially left the whole company so which is interesting and they're bringing on i believe oh, we'll with my point about now so um, wait, so wait okay wait so, your so point obviously again. for number seven i've gone for alpine and when i did make the decision it was on political reasons because i thought there was going to be a divide with cyril and fernando but in the recent days we have had the news about cyril's departure from a group runner completely so we're not going to see that and we're not going to get the tattoo um but he and what's interesting about that is that Cyril Abibo has officially left the Renault group. People thought that he would have stayed in some sort of official capacity, but instead he's actually left the whole company and they brought in as a part of CEO of Alpine. Um, not official, I think, I don't know if it's officially confirmed yet, but it's heavily rumoured of Davide, Davide Brivio joining the Alpine group as a CEO, a sort of interim between from um, transition between Alpine and Renault. I think he's going to become the CEO of the actual... I, when I did make the decision, I do think um, Fernando and Esteban would clash a lot. But um, the only reason why I've gone for P7 is because I think the midfield battle this year is going to be a lot more tight than it was last year. Last year was very tight, but I think that... I feel like it's going to be less dependent on I the think cars. More- and more dependent yeah, and on the drivers. It's going to be very tight. So this is why I've gone for Alpine. I think there was going to, there's going to, still going to be a lot of political decisions which are going to affect the team, as we know with Fernando Alonso. Um, so yeah, that's why I've gone for Alpine. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying there's going to be a lot of political factors involved this year. So yeah. Now in number six, I have gone with Dylan's number seven prediction. I've gone with Alpine. Now, the reason I believe that they're going to be ahead of AlphaTauri is because, simply put, Renault have a better package than AlphaTauri currently, and they have a more solid lineup of seasoned veteran Fernando Alonso. We cannot forget that Fernando Alonso 
is in the top 10 greatest drivers of all time. And they have the young Esteban Ocon, which before his departure for a year, he was an incredible talent. Obviously, he had a few strange incidents like the Brazil 2018 with a certain Dutchman. He's had a strange incident in the second corner. But I feel like he'll settle down because it's his third. Is it his fourth um, season, actually? Fourth season. Is it fourth? 2017, 2018, he's got Okay, so I feel like he'll be able to get to grips with the car. Plus, it's not changing heavily, and I feel like the pressure from Fernando will boost. Him. I do think, and I just feel like Alpha Tauri do not have that lineup of Alonso and Ocon. They have Gasly, which is a great driver, but they also, but they don't have that reliability and dependability on the second driver which with which they had with Kvyat because they've gone with a rookie and he has to obviously adjust to the car and you can't expect like Gasly exact Gasly's performances straight off the bat because obviously it's a new car How, and I feel like you just can't afford that in this 2021 season when the gaps are that close you can't afford that gardening kind of period that like nursery period but I believe Alpine will be at the bottom of the midfield scrap. The midfield scrap between Alpine, Ferrari, Aston Martin and McLaren and arguably AlphaTauri as well because I just don't think they have the lineup or the car to beat um, the upcoming constructors. Now, I've just had, I don't know if you've seen the news, but Kevin Magnussen has become a father. Um, but it's Ooh, that's interesting. On seven weeks early. Um, I've gone okay. for, for my P6 prediction. I have gone for Alpha Tauri. Now, Alpha Tauri, every year, always improving. And even though they've gone, I made this prediction because I was confident Kvyat was going to stay. But obviously, since he isn't staying now, I could change. But I believe Gasly will. I think Gasly this year will do a lot more better than he did last year. Um, obviously, they have Yuki Tsunoda as a rookie. I don't think first half of year, the year, Yuki will need to get adjust to it. But I um, but I think, like Kvyat, towards the end of the season, he'll show his form. And you've got to remember, Kvyat, Kvyat in 2020 did, was not consistent. He, the best result was P4 Imola, which to this day, I think he should have been on the podium. But... But we can't dispute Kvyat's pace. I think people they, need to forget that he beat, he beat Ricardo. Ricardo. I, I, he I beat always Ricardo. say that. He is a great driver. But obviously, that's not taking anything away from Gasly because I feel like Gasly is a great yeah, Gasly, driver. Yeah, Gasly. And I've, he is I've got, I'm a biased, I'm always biased to Alfa Not completely biased, but Alfa Tauri, Toro Rosso, my favourite team. When they won in Monza, that was, when they won in Monza, that was a moment you treasure. And... I think it was an underdog story because you got to remember this team. It's once in a generation kind of story. Like we had it with the Vettel, yeah, the V8 era, and now obviously with the V6 turbo hybrid era. And they got pop. I mean, one thing we forget now is that this V6 kind of formula obviously had a minor change with the era updates in 2017. Will be the fundamental era will be ending in 20 in this year. This will be the final year. And of we'll the get the ground 
which have mighty downforce. And then I am so excited the, um, for ground effect cars. Just looking at the renders and stuff, I, I have um, complete well, confidence in the Formula One and their research. Because the difference between this um, generation, the up, up and coming generation, and the previous ones is that they've actually um, done their research. They've done with aero models. And obviously, Ross um, without without Atari, as I was saying, I think they'd be P6, and they have rejected the upgrade from Red Bull. But I think that's a better option because that rear suspension was designed for um, the Stafford. That car was designed for the Stafford, as proven. Well, not proven, but both drivers, um, both Albon and Gasly, struggled um, with the Stafford style. Um, but I've been AlphaTauri, Pierre Gasly is now the official leader. He has won the battle with between Alex Albon, in my eyes, because he's still in F1. Um, so you have to take that into consideration, that Red Bull favour um, Pierre, without a doubt. Not like Red Bull Racing, but Helmut Marko. He clearly favours Pierre Gasly. Um, Yuki Tsunoda, every single year he's getting better. I first time I heard of him was in, at the which was at the Power Grand Prix in which Billy Monger won. Yuki was on the podium. Yuki has a is Yuki is quick. Um, throughout, I was watching Formula Two um, throughout 2020, and he kept on improving race by race. And there was times, and there was like he is one of the best drivers out there. He, um, he's every year improving. In his rookie season, P3, that is a, something amazing. I, I mean, I don't think he's. I don't think he is one of the best out there yet. I don't think, because obviously I still believe that we have the Lewis, the I think that, that the Ricardo, will that die out the that are just I think, different. I feel like they're, they're different. different. I feel like they're, they're different in a different league. They're, diff- they're in a different league. Like, Leclerc, Verstappen, I, I, Leclerc like, Verstappen, they could be the different, greatest like, of all time. Different to Verstappen, Vettel. Like, I think, I think it's the way they came into Formula One which I consider different. But overall, AlphaTauri, I think, will do improve. I think Pierre will score majority of the points, and towards the end, Yuki will score um, will score um, more um, score points later on. And I do think they'll get maybe two podiums. The race win is race win. Obviously, could happen. Anything can happen in this sport, as proven in twenty twenty. So let's move on. Exactly. Okay, moving on to P. Okay. Okay, moving on to P five. We have Ferrari. Wait, no, cut, cut that bit. Do the right one. Um, Moving on to P five. Wait, wait. Okay, start now. Moving on to P five. I have put Aston Martin. Now this is going to be controversial, but I believe that their format of obviously the tracing point memes and all that stuff i feel like that's not going to be enough in this season because we've shown they put the w10 which people forget was a mighty car like it had five one twos in a row i remember watching it and people were like oh my god it's the end of formula one that's how dominant it was and they managed to copy it and it was and they still finished below the mclaren so and also, it's not just because of the car. I feel like the car will be strong, but also because it's new. It's the new Aston Martin team, and they don't have the resources yet of Renault and McLaren. Also, obviously, a controversial topic: Lance Stroll. 
I do not think Lance Stroll deserves as much hate as he gets. However, I do believe there are better drivers um, on the grid than deserve. I think Lance Stroll will win Monza, mate. And I, I said at the beginning of the 2020 season, I said Lance Stroll was going to be in the podium in Monza. And because it's... I, Lance Stroll is a brilliant driver. Like, he gets a lot of slack because he's obviously a pay driver. But Lance is strong. Um, he has his days where, like, he gets um, where he will end up losing. I mean, he's deserving of having an F1 drive, but I don't believe he's deserving enough to warrant axing Perez, Ocon, and who else was it? He didn't ax anyone else. Okay, Perez and Ocon. I don't think them being displaced. Yeah, and Nico Hulkenberg. I do think those three drivers are better. I said he replaced Nico Rosberg because of the original. No, he was no Hulkenberg. Valtteri Bottas for 2017, but Nico Rosberg announced his retirement. So. Okay. So for number five for Dylan. Scuderia Ferrari. I think Ferrari still. Their car's still obviously the SF21. I called it the SF1000B, but I called it the F1. At first, but I changed, I just call it whatever now. But Ferrari, I generally do, I think they will, they've, I've said they will improve one place above their 2020 position. The reason why I've said that, I think they fundamentally not, they found that where their errors were, but I think it was too late. They're, they've improved their in engine, but with the Mercedes package, which is rumored to be a lot more powerful, I think, I think it's. 30 horsepower, 25 to 30 horsepower. Still behind. I think they're going to be, they're going to be in the midfield. They're going to be challenging for podiums this year. They, and I think they're going to have the better race pace, but not qualifying pace. But I think Ferrari, they are learning. And I think the main focus will be 2022 with Callum Eilat involved in that development. But um, yeah, I think Ferrari, that midfield battle with Alpine, AlphaTauri, Ferrari, Aston Martin, McLaren, this is going to be more tight than it was last year because we're going to have Ferrari involved, AlphaTauri involved. You've got to remember, Ferrari, AlphaTauri, they got involved a lot later on in that midfield battle in 2020. So, especially around like Magello. Didn't they have the best scoring streak um, in the whole of a grid? Apart from Mercedes, I'm not sure because Seb has had hardly any points. Yeah, Sebastian. Okay, moving on. Moving on to number four, I'm going with Ferrari. Now, the reason why I'm putting Ferrari in number four, quite controversially, I might add, is because I believe that the packaging of the rear end which they're going to upgrade next season will provide a lot of downforce because don't forget the rear diffuser is being cut and the rear um, floor is being cut and that reduces downforce by up to 10% which is an incredible amount now because of that and also in practice sessions they've been seen with upgrades of 2021 spec floors so they're clearly interested in that area and they're spending their development tokens on the engine and on the rear packaging so i believe they could leapfrog alpine and alfatari and that's why and even aston martin but i feel like 
they will leapfrog Aston Martin more down to the drivers than the car. Also, the engine's rumoured to have around 30 horsepower more. Now, make of that what you will, they've said that it's going to be codenamed Superfast Engine. So the actual um, layout of the engine isn't going to change much. They're just, um, they've just extracted as much power from their layout of the engine, which is currently spared. However, I do believe in 2022, with their extra aero time because of the sliding scale aero regulation that came in 2021, which is this year, but it was um, changed for 2020. So the 2020 constructors order would have, will um, design, would designate you to what, how much aero time you're allowed. So I think that will be a big factor that, in the 2022 regulations. Um, obviously, Ferrari finished lowest, and then um, exactly, which could I be big for the future as well. It could be very, very big for the future because the reason why it, it's going to be quite good for the future is because they have, to the 2022 January 1st was the day they were allowed to start working on the 2022 regulations. Ferrari's base is going to be very strong due to that extra aero time compared to Mercedes. So don't forget, don't forget, I think if Ferrari can capitalise on it, which they haven't been doing and it's painful for the last few seasons, if they do capitalise on it, I think they could dominate the 2022 regulations. Big shock horror, but that is my prediction for even 2022 and beyond. Okay, now on to Dylan's uh, number, number five. Four. Um, <clears throat> basically, I've got the, the, the four, team, <laughs> the, the team formerly known as Jordan. Formerly known as Midland, formerly known as Spike, formerly known as VJ Malia's Heaven, Force India, and then Racing Point, Force India, and then Racing Point. So I've gone for Aston Martin. So they finished their um, as Racing Point finished people last year. Reason why I've gone for that is because well, McLaren. I've gone. That's the reason why I've gone there. Basically, Aston Martin Mercedes will be very tight with with McLaren Mercedes. But the fact McLaren have a Mercedes engine is the only reason why they're P4. With, they've got a good lineup in full-time world champions, Sebastian Vettel, and very good line. Well, I say that Sebastian Vettel, we still don't know if he's gonna come out of the kind of state he is in right now because I don't think he's fully recovered from the 2018 crash at Hockenheim, which Helmut Marko has said has left some kind of I don't know. Down effect. Um, downer on his. Yeah, um, but I do think Sebastian will find his mojo as team leader in Aston Martin. Um, and Lance Stroll, even though he is controversial, I think he will win Monza this year. I think this year he will do it because ev- every time he's at Monza, he has some. He's always strong. Um, basically, is basically everyone. Basically, Lance Stroll is. I think he'll have one of his strongest seasons to this date in Formula One. I think that the team, even though it's not based around him, he's got he's got to know the team now. He's he's now involved. Yeah, he's he got ha- to prove throughout his worth. 2020. He proved his worth. Pole position in Turkey, and he led majority of the race, but obviously a damage to his car. But that. Yeah, and obviously, very unfortunate. Like people might slag him off, but you gotta remember he was the first racing point to be on the podium in twenty twenty. He what is it? He did miss a race in um Germany, but even though he 
towards the end, he lost his mojo. He came back with a podium in Bahrain. Uh, I mean, yeah. it was since that Magello incident, yeah, that, that Magello puncture, that, that huge crash. Um, you never really. But I've gone for the Aston Martin P4 mainly due to the fact it's going to be tight with McLaren. So moving on to Darshall's P4. Okay, wait, hold on. Wait, before we start, you know the how like how you when I like those kind of pauses and those like stuttery moments. You I know, to like edit so all that. You got out. to. So, so good. It's something I can't. You, no, it's in my stutters. You know when I like I don't yeah, know what to say. I, I just pause that. for ages. Like we need to. Can, yeah, you can I'll edit be editing the audio, out, right? audio and stuff. Okay. Alright. Okay. Moving on to P three, I've gone quite controversially with Red Bull. Now, the reason why I say Red Bull is going to be in P3 is because I believe McLaren with that new 2021 Mercedes spec engine, I believe that they will be able to challenge Red Bull and bridge the gap. Because don't forget, the Renault is heavily, heavily under horsepowered compared to the Mercedes engine and with that increase and McLaren's brilliant chassis I believe that they will be able to challenge Red Bull now Red Bull the car has been quite unstable for the past two years since 2019 departure their cars since yeah since Daniel Ricciardo's departure they've had they've struggled with the rake and the amount of downforce that's generating because even though the rake actual form generates a lot more downforce it's also very vulnerable to stability and obviously actual um and actual ride height changes because um the rake is very inconsistent in the amount of downforce delivery that's why you've seen drivers like albon and gasly struggle so personally i think they're going to put their resources into 2020 uh two because in 2021 i think they'll struggle at pre-season or i think they'll realize that there's no point heavily developing that car and going focusing on 2022 so that's why i believe mclaren it's more so why red bull won't be in p2 rather than why mclaren are in p3 right moving on to my p3 i've gone for the iconic combination of mclaren mercedes the reason why I've gone for McLaren Mercedes is the Mercedes engine and obviously the new lineup in Daniel Ricciardo and Landon Norris. Um, but McLaren and Mercedes are back together. They're back together after after being gone for quite a while. And it makes sense. They were together at the beginning of the turbo hybrid era and they're going to be at the end of this regulation. They're still going to be together after a horrid time with Honda, which they failed to understand the concept. And then um, they're ended up being exposed with their chassis when they moved to Renault Power. But they have since regrown many management restructures and well they've just improved they've changed the overall dynamic in that team. I think McLaren Mercedes will be ahead of them. Um, they've got the Mercedes power now. The chassis we know they're good. P3 constructed last year. They they're gonna be ahead of Aston Martin. And without a doubt McLaren Mercedes I mean if they are in P3, like you say that would be three years in I've a row. That would be P3. If I'm in, no, I'm sorry. Two years remember, in a this row. This is a bit of a weird, really weird, bizarre confusion. Well, topic to bring up. But if, if they've got to remember, they had drivers number three and four now. So surely that means something. Um, no. Um, 
that would have been second in constructors, but um, but that is exactly. When was the last time we had um three like two numbers um together in the new drop number system? This must be the first time. Scott, it is. Yeah, it probably is. And also yeah. Daniel Ricciardo, he's obviously he's a proven race winner. And in the right car, he's a championship contender, even a world he champion. Be- he could be. Lando Norris, however, in- I'm not sure. I'm not sure he if he'll be able to I beat Daniel be Yeah, maybe in the I future. I think McLaren not, yeah. will be tight this year. I've I've said that from the moment we got announced. Um, I yeah, knew Mercedes engines were coming in. Mercedes and McLaren have a such a special partnership. Even though they didn't bring as much success as they like wanted, they were always challenging in some way and obviously from the beginning when they took over from Salva but and hopefully they have a silver well, and unfortunately it's probably not going to happen but because they're on the entry list they're McLaren F1 team they're not McLaren Mercedes as we all hoped it would be but um, hopefully this year will be a best year because McLaren know they want know they have how to be competitive they know what they know the right thing to do in this era and they've gone back to the most powerful engine on the grid at the moment let's move on to your p2 which is now for p2 i've quite obviously gone with mclaren now i believe that mercedes engine is enough to propel them into p2 not only did they have one of the strongest lineups on the grid, I believe that that Mercedes engine with the 25 new horsepower on top, increasing the gap to the Renault engine, I believe they'll be able to decimate Red Bull. I don't think they're going to be on the level of Mercedes. And I do think they'll at least get two wins this season. That's my bold prediction. I think uh, McLaren will get two wins. Yeah, season. I think McLaren will get a win this year. Yeah, and McLaren obviously a team we all adore. We grew up with the McLaren Vodafone livery. McLaren are on their way to the top and they're making the right decisions at the moment, which... Especially with their investment behind the scenes. They've secured a lot of investment. They've they've rediscovered their form and their atmosphere is a lot more joyous than what it was back in the Ron Dennis days where people were ordered to be like really corporate and I'll I feel give, like they're I'll, moving away I'll, from that corporate personality I'll give you a quote more um, of a... Adrian Newey once said he, when he was in McLaren he changed the colour of his, of his office from a I think it was a grey colour to a colourful colour Ron Dennis famously went purple because he hated the colour since then McLaren are now racing in different colours they're, they're a lot more brighter they're a lot more colourful than they were a few years ago under Ron Dennis under Eric Boulier so and obviously the orange hinting back to the original McLaren colour and also the colour of the McLaren automobile. Now, so my number two will be Red Bull Racing Honda. And the reason why I've gone for that is because I still think they are way ahead of McLaren. And also they have a better lineup. When we made this prediction, I still said P2, but McLaren, Red Bull have a better lineup in a race winner of Sergio Perez and Max Verstappen. And Red Bull needed this lineup. They needed to go out of their Red Bull junior team, Red Bull program. And first driver since Mark Webber. And you've got to remember, success Webber had with Red Bull. Um, 
yeah, um, obviously Sergio Perez has worked with Christian Horner before when he was in his junior category GP2 with Arden. So, yeah, it's going to work. Um, Max Verstappen wanted um, Max Verstappen wanted Sergio Perez as his teammate. Obviously, Sergio had his best year in 2020. He missed two races, still finished P4 in the constructors, won the Sakir Grand Prix after Mercedes made an error with the pit stop, which cost George Russell his maiden win. But overall, they've got a good car. Red Bull had more podiums than they did in 2019. Obviously, less points because less races, but they were strong. But And they've, I believe they've got two drivers which will be able to be behind the Mercedes. And if a Mercedes makes a mistake, pick them as pick up the mistake pick up the piece and they've got a very strong lineup of Verstappen who's obviously one of the best in Formula 1 right now and Sergio Perez which is arguably one of the best drivers in the midfield and between hard to hard I mean wheel to wheel racing wait wait stop cut. That. wait cut okay and they also have a strong lineup of Verstappen who's arguably one of the best in this current generation and they also have one of the best wheel-to-wheel tyre managing and midfield races consistency is his middle name Sergio Perez yeah without a doubt Checo is one of the best drivers and if I move on to some let's move on to P1 and let's let's talk about well we already know the answer let's say their full let's say their full name can you say their full name Mercedes AMG Petronas yep. Toto Wolff um, Toto Wolff and Lewis Hamilton couldn't even say it have you seen that Drive to Survive clip but uh, what has <laughs> also it's interesting Ineos have acquired a third share along with the other third being Toto Wolff and Daimler of the Mercedes team which is interesting because Daimler want to keep Hamilton on a one-year contract and he wants to be on a multiple-year contract. And Ineos want to start their operations with Hamilton. So there's a bit of an interesting contractual um, negotiations going on as of recording. We don't know the future could be announced soon. But Ineos are willing to pay the difference. Ineos are willing to pay the difference between... Honestly, I think 2021 might be Hamilton's last year. I don't know why. It could be. It would be a shame. Like people genuinely don't realize how much of a shame it would be I... if we lose Hamilton. He is, in my opinion, he is the second greatest Formula One driver I, of all I, time behind Ayrton I, I would I say Ayrton Senna, that. Michael Schumacher, but Lewis Hamilton is there as well. But overall, I do think Lewis Hamilton's final season will be this year. I think he wants to get eight world championships, but. I think by the way things are going, I don't think he wants... I think he wants to do one more year, and I don't think he wants to stay on. I think... I mean, he's always moved to Ferrari. He'll retire, but I think he'll still be involved, but not driving. I definitely think... I... Exactly. I mean, we do think that 2020... I mean, obviously, with the 25 horsepower rumoured extra... I feel like there's going to be a new level of domination to the Mercedes. And the fact that they stopped developing the W11 at the Belgium Grand Prix. So they've all that time to spend on the W12. It's going to be 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 a crazy beast of a car. I'm calling it the W11B. I'm calling every chassis a B chassis. Red Bull are the only... 
Red Bull, McLaren is the only team nah, it would be called the keeping W12. their numbers. McLaren, obviously, MCL35. M- M- I mean, the only reason the W11 was so dominant was obviously because they've been working on that car since 2017. Like, it's, of, it's one of the best cars of all time in Formula 1. And also the fact that Ferrari and Red Bull have just let everyone down with their package not being there not due to the fact that Red Bull Mercedes. were fight winning the championships and they didn't they weren't spending enough time with Renault developing their car and engine for that regulation in 2014 obviously relates to that Mercedes weren't dominating but they like they were under Ross Braun and obviously Ross Braun would have been would have literally made them in Vest in this new regulation, like he did with Braun GP. Um, obviously, Ross Braun isn't really credited for Mercedes' success in the turbo hybrid era, but you, you've got deserves to be. But he, he is to credited be, to what he does now in creating these beautiful cars and ensuring promises. Exactly. Now that was the Aero GP podcast. Make sure you thank you for like listening to this podcast. This is the first episode of what hopefully should be many different podcasts of season one of the Aero GP. Thank you for listening to my podcast and for yep. Dylan and also helping organise yep. this podcast. And Thank you. Just like and subscribe yeah. and comments in the description. Follow us on social media. Join the Discord server. Yeah. And 